This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Tech Talk, brought to you by Cellcom Business. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury, and this is Matt Splained. Unless you've been ignoring the internet, um, in which case it's probably strange that you're even listening to this show, you'll probably have noticed a flood of green, yellow, and grey tiles washing over your social feeds. The word game Wordle has gone from living room project to global sensation seemingly overnight. Matt, as um, someone who's better acquainted with four-letter words, you might not be the best person to ask. What is Wordle doing to us? Yeah, I'm not going to list the uh, the four-letter words that I know, but um, <laughs> that, that seemingly simple question, I hope, has uh, enough answers that I can string this out to like 20 plus minutes. Otherwise, I'm going to have to speak very slowly for the second (laughs) half of the show. But actually, there's a a whole bunch of questions here. You know, it's how and why has Wordle become so popular? Uh, Mm -hmm. What are its cultural impacts? And crucially, what, if anything, is it doing to our brains? Uh, Do you want to just give a quick recap uh, to those two people out there who might not know what it is? Yeah, okay. I mean, that's going to be good for uh, two or three minutes, so that makes me more certain we'll at least make it to the break. Uh, We (laughs) covered the uh, game briefly on one of the Weird Science episodes a couple of weeks ago. So Wordle is a grid-based puzzle game. Uh, Think of it as kind of half Scrabble, half Boggle. You have uh, six attempts to guess the correct word as i said it's five letter word uh, wrong letters in your attempt will appear uh, against a gray background if you've got the right letter but you put it in the wrong place then that tile will turn yellow and if the letter is in the right place then it turns green so it's very simple and the learning curve is you know pretty fast and mm-hmm. it's also very easy to share your results now i know you've been playing as well so how have you enjoyed it I have a real love-hate relationship with it, I'll be honest. I, I like the fact that it challenges my brain, I really do. But when I get it wrong, and today's quiz or today's uh, selection, I got wrong on with just one letter. And it drives me nuts that that happens. And as I said to you before we came on air, I did exactly the same thing. I yeah. failed today as well, and we both failed on the, the same letter. And yeah, yeah it is absolutely maddening. But to, mm-hmm. to give you a, a little bit of uh, background about the game itself, so a New York-based programmer called Josh Wardle came up with the game as a, a stress breaker for himself and his wife. And as you can hear, it's not really breaking the stress for me or Richard. <laughs> uh, he released it in October as a web-based game. And that's kind of unusual because everything now is you know, an app. This is an app-based world. So you log on to the URL and there the game is. There's just one puzzle a day and the word is the same for everyone. So you're competing, if competing is the right word, against that community of players, uh, even if, you know, you're just solving it for your own satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So Wardle noticed that uh, some of his early users were using emojis to share the results on social media. So he came up with that simple and now iconic sharing matrix that's 
all over Twitter and Facebook. And that's when it really took off, I think, back in December, when mm-hmm. it quickly ramped from, you know, probably dozens or hundreds to millions of users. Yeah, and uh, Wardle, the, the guy who created it, has since sold the rights to the game uh, to the New York Times, right? Yeah, he sold it for what's believed to be at least a million dollars, which is, you know, pretty good for something you came up with just to entertain yourself and your wife. Mm -hmm. There has been a a little bit of blowback over the sale because people realized that the uh, purchaser, the New York Times, will probably choose to paywall it at some point. So they already have a suite of subscription-based crossword and word games, which are massively popular. Uh, I think people kind of expected it to remain commercial free for Mm. forever. Uh, And the internet actually rounded very strongly on one enterprising app developer who sold a subscription-based clone. You know, the outcry forced him to apologize, to remove it, and to refund everyone. Now, personally, I'm not really bothered about the sale. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I was more worried that it might disappear under the weight of its own success with Josh Wardle being unable or unwilling to, you know, pay to maintain it. And what about the um, New York Times claim that they're going to maintain it for free uh, for the time being? Well, just just that. Um, they've said it'll be free for, for now. We don't know what for now means. Uh, I imagine that the company will eventually use it as a, a lure for their other games. Maybe they'll just paywall it completely. You know, um, I think there are something like 3 million daily users at the moment. Even if you convert just 10% of those people into paying $5 a month, that's a million and a half a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Transition to uh, New York Times ownership hasn't been entirely smooth. Some users complained that their streak scores were lost in the transition to the Times' servers. No. Uh, there was an absolute avocado toast of complaints. Sorry, I meant an avalanche of complaints. And uh, this week, uh, uh, you know, I had a game repeat on me and uh, gave me stats as though it was the next day's game, which was confusing because I shared it with some friends and uh, uh, said the final word. And they said, no, that's yesterday's. And I said, well, it isn't because it's just let me play it. And these are the results. But anyway, um, in any case, you know, even if the New York Times does close it off, there are so many other variations of the game that you'll still be able to get your Wordle fix in pretty much the flavor of your choice for free anyway. Mm. And how many clones are there now? I can't even count. I mean, there are dozens. Uh, I think I mentioned on the previous show, there's a Bahasa version called Katapat, which a lot of my Mm. friends seem to be enjoying. I've kind of paired it back to three that I play regularly. So there's Wordle, obviously. Wordle 2, which is a a six-letter word version, and that comes out every 12 hours rather than every 24. And Absurdle, which uses a neural net. So with Wordle, the word is set before you start the game. With Mm -hmm. Absurdle, the word actually changes every time you guess to make it harder for you to win. Uh, fortunately, you get as many attempts as you need and you can play as often as you like. And you're probably training someone's AI system to become more ruthless or just spell better. I don't know. Um, are you any good? I don't know. I don't know if anyone is any good. Are you any good? Yeah, that, That's the thing, right? I mean, I, I think it's more luck than judgment sometimes. Definitely. I think there's a case for that. And we'll talk um, about that 
a bit more later, but um, I think, you know, certainly people with some linguistic or certain mathematical approaches like information theory might have a bit of an advantage. Mm. I've actually stayed away from the tips and the tricks too much. I don't know about you. Um, you know, some people suggest using the same word to start each time, for example, and there are people who evaluate the best start words, uh, a programmer mm -hmm. and code designer called uh, Tyler Glyle says the best word to start with is an old version of the word rote, which is spelled R-O-A-T-E. Now, mm. I've tried it and it doesn't seem to make any difference at all. <laughs> but, you know, I kind of like not knowing the cheats and the hacks. Uh, yeah. We may drop a few at the end of the show if there's uh, time, but I want it to be a test of my ability to solve it from whatever starting point I choose. But yeah. back to your question about, you know, being any good. Uh, there's a small group of uh, us who play together, uh, the Antisocial Social Club, me, Ashwin and Jinmei, and I am by far the worst player in the group. <laughs> uh, well done. Uh, we are getting close to the break. I told you I could do it. Um, yeah. Now, I, I was actually introduced to a new version of the game this week called Cordal, uh, Q-U-O-R-D-L-E. It challenges you to solve four grids simultaneously at this time within nine guesses. Now, I shared that with my antisocial clubbers and they were instantly better than I was. Uh, mm -hmm. With Quadal, the same guess shows on each grid until the word is correctly guessed. And that requires a totally different approach because you have to move between the four game boards. Mm. And to return to your comment about, you know, um, getting close to the break, it's these different games that got me thinking about what Wordle is doing to us because it's mm -hmm. not as though the variations are you know, one is harder than another, but they do require very different approaches and techniques to master them. Mm -hmm. And to begin with, it can feel really difficult to move from one game to another, say from Wordle to Wordle 2, until you develop those individual techniques for each game. In, what do you mean by in terms of the technique? Well, I'm sure uh, you've experienced it yourself, you know, just in my own experience, when I play Absurdal, I'm having to anticipate the moves that the AI is going to make as much as I'm trying to solve the word itself. I'm gotcha. using my guesses. Yeah, I'm using my guesses to box the AI into a corner and narrow its choices of words. Now, compare that to Quadal. With Quadal, you're using guesses on different boards to provide clues for words on other boards. Mm -hmm. So if you do it properly, which... I don't seem to be doing, even, you know, that that shift makes you approach the game differently and you have to internalize a different set of conditions. Do you think uh, you might be overthinking, you know, a little puzzle, man? Well, I think the name of this show could be overthinking. Um, but, you know, <laughs> to that point, in an, in an interview with Salon Magazine, Wardle claimed that he wanted to create a game that was mindless. And I think I get what he means. It's something that you can lose yourself in for that moment. It's not mm. mindless in the sense of, you know, requiring no mental effort. You know, that's what reality TV and crisps were created for. It's mindless in the sense that once you know the rules, you sink into it without effort. 
So mm. I started thinking about the game more in terms of the the kind of neuroscience and the psychology. And wow, um, I mean, Google is just full of stuff. There are lots of scientists looking at the uh, phenomenon, or at least in areas that are associated with it. Uh, what is it that you think uh, that makes it so addictive? I mean, genuinely, that's kind of the question, isn't it? Tracking uh, Wordle is like watching, well, it, it's not like watching, it is watching a trend emerge in real time. So mm. it's great for social scientists as well as for people like me who have no recognized or useful qualifications. Uh, for starters, you know, when we look at that word addictive, yes, playing it does give you that, you know, that small dopamine hit. But it yeah. isn't like the game apps that have been accused of using, you know, flashing lights and sounds and music to create these ongoing and conti uh, continual dopamine rushes that are designed to keep you playing, that are designed to keep you buying and keep you coming back to, to the game. Uh, mm -hmm. Wordle, it's, it's free, it's simple, there are no game tokens or coins to buy. You figure it out, you play it, you move on with the rest of your day. But the barrier to entry is very low. It's a website. You can get there from any browser. There's nothing to download. There are no ads, no flashing icons. You just get this grid and a QWERTY keyboard on screen. And it's a bit like when you switch your word processor or some other app into that distraction-free mode. It's just you and the game and everything else just kind of fades away. Mm-hmm. Well, we made it, Matt. Um, and after the break, we'll uh, look more at our brains on games and maybe make you into a better Wordle player than uh, Matt. I want to take a short break here on Matt Splained here on BFM 89.9. Stay tuned to Tech Talk, brought to you by Cellcom Business. Bring forth Moolah, BFM 89.9. Tech Talk, brought to you by Cellcom Business. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to Matt Splained. Before the break, we were starting to explore the cultural and scientific impacts of Wordle and its other imitators. Uh, Matt, you mentioned that there's um, a very low barrier to entry for the puzzle. How important do you think that is? Well, from what I can glean from uh, psychologists who've weighed in on this, it's really important. The, the fact that you don't download anything, the fact that it's browser-based, coupled with that you know, once a day frequency. It's something you can head over to, to do to take a break from work. A few people have mentioned to me that they play it during long and uh, unfulfilling meetings. But oh, no. Also, no, <laughs> I can't imagine doing anything like that. But, no. you know, <laughs> but also, you know, it's the kind of thing that if you get stuck, and we do get stuck, uh, mm. you can go back to what you were doing before and then just return to it a bit later because it just mm -hmm. sits in a tab next to your email or whatever documents you've got open. And, and this is helping to create that sense of uh, cultural moment around the game. Well, going back to what I said earlier, you know, the game really took off when Wardle added that very iconic sharing mechanism. So yeah. I've seen various reports that this has helped to create a kind of uh, FOMO sensation around the game, that fear of missing out. 
people mm -hmm. see the game icons displayed on other people's feeds and wonder, you know, what the heck's going on here? And I've experienced that myself. You know, I, I've posted and people have asked, what's this all about? So you explain the game to them. Mm -hmm. And in other cases, it's people who are discussing strategies, uh, what words to start with, uh, and successes, that kind of thing. So it's like a, a water cooler moment. Yeah, and this is where it kind of intersects with the pandemic. Uh, I think it was a, a piece on Vox I was reading um, called Wordle is a deceptively easy game for burnt out pandemic shut-ins by Adja Romano. Uh, yes, that is a, a new scientist level bad headline. Uh, the piece also points out that uh, water cooler moments have become fewer and uh, further apart over the past few years. You know, we still have things like sports and politics but mm. our tastes and our consumption have fragmented what you and your colleagues see on social media is probably very different mm -hmm. so sure we might share memes and videos with each other but we aren't discussing them as shared experiences in the way that something like the super bowl in the u.s would be mm -hmm. and with the rise of streaming shows we're not watching things at the same time or with the same frequency. You yeah. know, we have to tiptoe around the idea of spoilers for people who haven't seen the show yet. And as the Vox piece also points out, um, you know, when you're discovering new or unknown shows, uh, I think it uses the examples of Yellow Jackets, which picked up fans quite slowly until it, you know, suddenly broke through into the mainstream. This kind of discovery system can create cliques because mm. you have those people in the know and those people who are outside of that circle. And that's kind of the opposite of the water cooler moment. And presumably the pandemic has disrupted this even further. Yeah, because we're either not in the office or we're in the office less often, and we may be on a rotation with a smaller pool of colleagues. So we don't have those same opportunities. Uh, Vox also mentions the re-emergence of episodic media. You know, more and more shows on streaming platforms are being released weekly or in, you know, small chunks, five, six episodes at a time. Against that backdrop, Wordle has created this moment that we can all share. Mm. The simplicity of the game and that low barrier to entry means that you can have a very diverse playing group. Mm -hmm. It transcends a lot of age and social barriers. And you can share your results without giving away any of the results or your guesses. And those scores provide that FOMO component. Uh, it creates the, the highs and lows we dis, uh, described earlier. You can be brilliant one day and fail completely the next. Yeah. And people tend to be as supportive of the failures as they are of the successes because they're experiencing those same uh, annoyances and fluctuations themselves. So it's essentially a, a rare shared experience in a time of uh, greater social isolation. I mean, that's what it does seem to be. It brings mm. people together for that brief moment every day. Uh, there was the news story that came out last week, I think, uh, a woman who was taken hostage and locked in her basement by a mentally ill man in Illinois. Her daughter in California became alarmed when her mother didn't text her Wordle scores and didn't answer the phone when she tried to follow up. Uh, mm. After they called a neighbor, the neighbor reported that no one was answering the door, but the, the car was still there. So the daughters requested that police perform a wellness check, and she was rescued. Now, 
I'm sure that without Wordle, the, the, her daughters would still have acted, but it might have taken them longer. And yeah. with more adverse effects, uh, effects to her because she was forced to go without food and essential medications already for close to 24 hours, that could have been for 48 or more. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a, a, a neuroscience angle to this. What is uh, Wordle doing um, to our brains? Well, obviously, you know, Wordle's new, so it's hard to say definitively, but this is from an article by uh, Penny Paxman, a professor of psychology at the University of Calgary. And the article's been syndicated on a, a number of different sites under different titles, but uh, I think the original appeared on the site called The Conversation. So we've got the links to everything in the uh, episode description. So mm -hmm. back in 2011, Professor Paxman and her colleagues released a paper on the effects of uh, playing Scrabble on the brain, which she posits uh, that uh, playing Wordle should create similar results to because uh, both games focus on your word memory and they ask you to shuffle letters around to form words. Mm -hmm. Now, as I mentioned before about getting into that mindset of the game, the study found that mental processes changed quite quickly to adapt to the demands of the game. Uh, a, a bit of background, the study analyzed competitive Scrabble player, uh, players. So they found the uh, kind of things you might expect that these competitive players there, I managed to say it with an L, not an R this time. Uh, they were much better and faster at forming words uh, from a random selection of letters. And they learned skills like forming words vertically which is not something you do a lot of in languages that are written horizontally well what i found interesting is that the study found scrabble players recognized words without necessarily knowing what they meant for example that word i mentioned earlier uh wrote uh but spelled r-o-a-t-e when mm. when i saw that written I had no idea what it meant, and I thought it was pronounced row eight. And mm -hmm. I used it in the game before I bothered to find out that it is just an archaic form of a word I already know. So mm -hmm. I was wondering as well if playing Wordle would help people to spell better. But if Professor Paxman's Scrabble research is also correct for Wordle, people may use the correct form of the word in the game without it sort of penetrating those old normal conversational spelling habits. There are a lot of those uh, supposed brain training games out there, right? Is Wordle helping to improve our cognition? Well, there have been studies released that say doing any kind of puzzle or reasoning-based cognition exercises is good for the brain. Uh, mm. Professor Paxman's team found that being good at Scrabble simply made you good at Scrabble. It didn't mm. seem to make uh, them better at anything else. Uh, when players and non-players were asked to play a Scrabble-like game that used symbols instead of letters, there was no real difference between what the two groups could do. And it was the same with uh, older people. Scrabble mm. didn't seem to halt that aging process and the slowing down of mental processing. Now, I I'm paraphrasing here, but Scrabble experts make uh, use of the brain normally associated with visual memory and perception, which perhaps explains why the meaning of the word is actually less important to them. Right. Um, in talking about this as a, a cultural moment or an addiction, what about the people that games like this don't appeal to? 
Sure. And that's a really valid question. You know, it's it's like me. Why don't I enjoy sports? Uh, billions of people get up in, uh, get caught up rather in the excitement, the competition, the challenge mm. of sporting events. And they leave me totally cold. It's like gambling. It has no appeal to me at all. So mm. Professor Paxman thinks it may be contained in the things that motivate us. Uh, it's described uh, in psychology as the need for cognition. Uh, and it talks about people who need and will seek out mental challenges. So this kind of person, they will look for puzzles and games. And of course, for the people who don't need uh, that cognition, they don't have that need for cognition, that's going to leave them as cold as games like soccer leave me. Okay, um, I think we've just about got enough time for you to squeeze off some tips. What have you got? Okay, so if you don't want your Wordle style influenced by the tips and hacks, it might be better to stop listening now. But uh, um, for those of you who prefer to watch your tips rather than uh, listen to me talking or read, there's a 30-minute video called Solving Wordle Using Information Theory on the three blue uh, one Brown YouTube channel. Uh, mm. As I mentioned before, um, wrote has been mentioned as a good word to start with, R-O-A-T-E. I used uh, adieu for a while because it has so many vowels in it, but I found that kind of unhelpful because you really need to hit some consonants to help structure the word. Yeah, uh, according yeah. to yeah, Lynn Murphy, a professor of linguistics at the University of Sussex, this is from the UK's independent newspaper, it's good to use words with uh, the letters L, R, N and M in them because they combine easily with other letters. Words like uh, clamp or drink, uh, steak, tread table. Uh, mm -hmm. She also suggests varying the start word or even using the solution word from the previous day as your starter. So you get this, yeah, you get this feeling of continuity. It puts you back into the, the game and the mind frame. Uh, I actually find using the hard mode that's tucked away in the settings actually makes it easier. Uh, a lot of people uh, report that they accidentally reuse letters or place them in squares that they know it's wrong. If you put it in hard mode, it actually stops you doing that. So it saves you uh, from kind of <sighs> losing that mistaken guess. Yes, I can hear, hear I, your I, exasperation. I wish I knew that this morning. <laughs> yes, but, um, you know, as I, as I said before, um, Professor Murphy thinks a lot of it comes down to luck as much as skill. So mm. play it enjoy it and if you don't enjoy it stop playing it you know it is supposed to be fun uh thanks very much for that matt as usual thanks richard a pleasure i always start with slice by the way the word slice anyway really yes yes yeah, anyway I, you can find I matt always, sorry, oh, sorry. Go on. i always go with pirate for the six letter word just because i like the word pirate Oh, well, arr. Anyway, you can find Matt on Instagram and Twitter at CultureMatt. You can also head over to CulturePop.com for transcripts of these shows and information about CulturePop and its consulting services. If you missed any part of this show, you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. I recommend the BFM app. It's available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. I'm Rich Bradbury for BFM 89.9.
Tech Talk was brought to you by Cellcom Business. Get serious about cybersecurity and secure your business's digital future at business.cellcom.com.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.